1: welcome to disney deciphered a podcast helping you save money time and stress as you and your family plan your disney vacation today in episode 5 we look at the best times to visit disney world to avoid crowds and then we debate how long you should stay on your visit to disney world if you like what you hear we really appreciate it if you told someone else who might be interested in the podcast and subscribe and review on itunes stitcher google play spotify or wherever you find podcasts thanks and enjoy the show Hi, I'm Joe from the As The Joe Flies.
0: And I'm Leslie from Trips With Tykes.
1: So we're here today to talk about when is a good time during the calendar year to visit Disney World, and also how long should you plan to visit Disney World, especially if it's your first trip? You know, what's a good length of trip? We'll start off by saying, for the most part, the economy has been doing very well, and because of that, Disney World is almost always crowded. Leslie, is that uh, kind of what you've been noticing, too?
0: Yeah, there doesn't really seem to be a slow season anymore. Um, that said, there doesn't seem to be a season where it's just completely chock a block like it used to be during summer during my childhood. That was when like everybody went was summertime. So it's spread out a little bit more, but again, it's always pretty crowded. I know Joe, you've been keeping up with what touring plans has been saying about crowd levels. So, so what's the scoop on that?
1: Yeah. So if you don't know, um, there's a website out there that's called touring plans and basically. Like we've said, Leslie and I are a couple of nerds, um, but these guys, you know, take that to the next level. They take all this data, like school schedules, when Brazil has vacations, previous years, crowds, and they come up with what are called crowd calendars, where on a scale of one to 10, they kind of predict how crowded a park is going to be on any given day, any of the 365 days of the year. 10 is the most crowded, one is the least crowded. One thing to bear in mind is those... Numbers mostly correspond to the amounts of time that you're going to have to wait in line. Um, so it doesn't necessarily relate one-to-one with how many like people you're going to be bumping into when you're walking around, um, but it does talk about how long the lines are. Anyway, so they had some interesting data out there. People have been kind of upset at them because in January and February of 2018, they severely underestimated how long the lines were going to be and what the crowds were like. Um, but I was listening to Lentesta, the founder, uh, on another podcast, and he was saying that basically in January of 2018, the lines and the crowds were larger than all of summer of 2017, which is pretty crazy, right? Since, as you said, Leslie, summer's uh, usually the big season. Does that surprise you?
0: That's really surprising because I've been myself in January and February. In fact, was there last year, 2017, and found the crowds pretty bearable. But you know, I think the the blessing and the curse of things like crowd calendars is that it affects guest behavior and crowd patterns. So if you predict that it's going to be a one or a two, everybody's going to want to come during that time and it's no longer going to be a one or a two.
1: Well, the short version is the reason why the lines were so long is basically what Disney did was because they know January and February are, are slow times. They had less people on staff. They ran less of the rides. You know, For example, Space Mountain has two tracks that go, but they only ran one. Um, So they basically kept the lines the same length, even though there were still physically uh, less people in the park. And the way they figured it out is they count the number of people coming off the ride. The number of people coming off the ride basically tells you how many people actually rode the ride versus the amount of time that was waited in line. Bottom line is, Disney World is always crowded. It also seems like Disney... Has decided to abandon that strategy of cutting capacity during low times. So hopefully we'll see at the very least some of those shorter um, lines come back. But enough of the nerd stuff. Leslie, in your opinion, you know, what are the best times to visit the park if you want to avoid crowds or, you know, what are some kind of rules to live by?
0: Yeah, it's it's really hard. I mean, obviously midweek is better than weekends, but there isn't the same local crowd swelling that you might get at Disneyland, uh, where that is a a better strategy. But um, you know, avoid school vacations. I actually find spring break isn't terrible because most schools, you know, have spring break within you know the month of march or the month of april so it's not like one week is really completely painful if you have to go during your spring break vacation and spring's a great time because of the weather that's that's the other thing so you're always kind of trying to strike the balance of not wanting to go during the miserable humid first week of august not wanting to go when it's maybe a little bit of a rainy season in the winter time but also wanting to avoid the crowds so pick your poison that's really that's really the lesson that i have
1: yeah, I do think spring break crowds aren't as bad as you might expect, uh, but I would interject that the only caveat is like whenever it's good Friday or like Easter week, a lot of schools have spring break around then. So that's usually the busiest week. So in terms of poisons, which one would you pick?
0: I personally am a big fan of early February, barring the debacle that apparently happened this year. I tend to find that February is lower crowds. The weather still is usually pretty decent, probably not warm enough to swim, but um, not miserably cold either. Do you have any favorite times to visit, Joe?
1: Yeah. In terms of early February, let's be honest. Okay. The internet complains about everything and touring plans wasn't even that far off. I was there in late January this year, all the way through February 1st, and the lines were fine. I mean, they were manageable. It was definitely more crowded than I expected, but you know, it didn't ruin my vacation by any means. I would say that uh, May and September are good times to go basically shoulder seasons, you know, basically just think about when kids are in school and try to avoid those times. I will say though, you know, I guess we'll kind of see in a year or two as uh, patterns continue to emerge, but it does seem like less people are going in the summer. I think people have gotten wise to the fact that it's just really hot in the summer. They can avoid lines during other times. And at the very least, if they're waiting in line in March, it's not as hot as if you're waiting in line in July. So if you can bear the heat, uh, if you're from a humid place, um, you know, summer is not a terrible time to go, especially in late August when a lot of the kids have gone back to school. The other thing I would say is, you know, Disney has moved to this tiered ticketing system. Basically, they have a value season, a regular season and a peak season. What you can do is just search online for a single day ticket, see which days are peak, see, see which days are regular, see which days are value. And you can kind of, I mean, that's basically a crowd calendar for you right there. Whatever's value is when Disney expects less people to go. That's a very crude method to figure out when it's going to be busy or not.
0: Yeah. And I, I agree with you about summertime. Uh, a lot of schools in the South, I grew up in Alabama, uh, go back to school really early in August. So all of the people within the drive markets, you know, Alabama, Georgia, Those kind of states are probably back in school by the second week of August. So if you live in another part of the country, like I do in California, we don't go back till late August. And if you can bear the heat, that is actually a pretty good time to be able to fit in a Disney World vacation that still works with your kid's school calendar.
1: Yeah, this has nothing to do with this, but the Disney Cruise Line prices drop after mid August as well. Um, So it's just the same concept. There are a couple other things that you want to bear in mind. Um, every once in a while, there are running races, like run Disney is like a big thing in the running community. Um, so you kind of want to avoid those weekends. Those weeks are fine usually, but there's definitely gonna be more people in and around the parks. They might not, not necessarily be in the parks because if you run a marathon, you might not want to wait in line for an hour to go on test track or something like that. Like we said in the last episode, Epcot has those three festivals, the Festival of the Arts, Flower and Garden Festival, and Food and Wine. Leslie, you're totally right that it's not a weekend park like Disneyland is in California, except for Epcot during those festivals. Uh, the weekends are usually pretty crowded because, you know, locals come by to sample all the different food since most of the locals in general uh, have annual passes. Any other uh, special events to look out for, Leslie?
0: Those are the big ones. I would say generally take a look at the Disney hotels. That's another. Shorthand that I use, you talked about, you know, value season tickets, but I also, when the hotel prices spike, that should tell you that something's going on uh, that weekend and maybe it's a, or that week and maybe it's a week that you should avoid. So if I suddenly start seeing pop century for $300 a night, I'm like, okay, time for a different vacation. (laughs) So that's another thing to, a different date for my vacation. So that's one shorthand to use.
1: That's a great tip there. And, uh, we will, um, post a link to, you know, a Disney calendar. You know, you can take a look at what kind of events are going on around the times you plan to go around American holidays. There are other things to bear in mind. Like, for example, July 4th, um, there's a huge fireworks show. So it gets really crowded around then. New Year's Eve is probably the busiest day in the parks period at both Epcot and at Magic Kingdom. There's just huge fireworks shows celebrating the new year. I've heard it's spectacular, but like New Year's Eve is kind of like the one day a year. One, or one of the two days a year that they actually have to close the park, like you can't go into the Magic Kingdom anymore because it's too crowded. Leslie, tell us just a little bit about the special ticketed events in the holidays, um, just so people can bear that in mind as they're planning their trips.
0: Yes. The other big thing to plan around or maybe plan for, depending upon your travel preferences, is Halloween and Christmas. At Halloween, there is the Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party, and those are special ticketed events in the Magic Kingdom and the park closes on, down early to other people and then there's a special party with, you know, ostensibly lower crowds. And you can enjoy that party and and enjoy the special events that are happening. The same thing happens at Christmas time. There's the Mickey's very Merry Christmas party and it's, you know, several nights a week and maybe you want to plan around it for, you know, going to other parks and uh but maybe you want to plan for it. Because the people who've been to those parties really are huge fans of them. And people return year after year just to attend those parties. So that does affect crowd levels when you're planning your vacation.
1: And just bear in mind that that's an extra ticket that you have to pay for on top of whatever base ticket you buy for your trip. Also last year in 2017, Disney started trying this thing called after hours. Basically they leave the magic kingdom open for three extra hours after everyone else. It was fairly expensive, $150, but experiences of people who went is that basically they got on every single ride they want as a walk on, uh, including Seven Doors Mine Train, Big Thunder, Splash Mountain, all of those. So if you're balling like that, you got $150 and you just want to get through all the Magic Kingdom rides uh, in one night, um, you can spend for that in after hours, at least until people get wise and decide that that's worth uh, the premium to pay.
0: Yeah, I think that officially might be out of the budget of a lot of people, judging by The number of people who bought it. But, you know, again, if you have the money, it sure seems worth it because I've heard only great things from people who've attended.
1: Disney brought it back, which means someone paid for it. So I don't know. Who knows?
0: Exactly. Everything is an extra and an add on these days at Disney. So you have to figure out what is worth it for you. And, you know, I do think some of these splurges are worth it. You just have to pick which ones or you're going to be spending tens of thousands of dollars on your Disney vacation. Whew,
1: we'll get to that in a later episode. All right. So if you are planning a trip, Leslie, do you suggest people plan longer trips like they stay for a week or maybe even longer or shorter trips? What do you prefer?
0: Well, since I'm in California now, I usually like to come for a longer time. And I think most folks who are coming from more than just a short drive distance should come for, I might say a, a five days, but I really recommend a week, maybe with only five days in the parks. So I, I grew up going with my family. I grew up in Alabama going down for our family week at Disney World. And there's so much there now. There's, you know, there's four parks, there's two water parks, there's Disney Springs and all the other things outside of the parks. You can really keep yourself busy for a week or more. But, you know, I I, don't, I wouldn't say you necessarily need to have the seven-day ticket if you go for seven days. I mean, a five-day ticket will, will do the job, spend some days going shopping or using your hotel pool. Those kind of things. But if you try to cram it in on a weekend, especially if you're a first time visitor, you're just gonna be frustrated because there are there is time lost in transportation. There's time lost to just figuring out the logistics of doing Disney World and uh having done a cross country trip with my kids in under seventy two hours and back, I don't recommend it.
1: You did what? You did I know you What did you do?
0: Yes. I did a trip with my kids from California. This is a few years ago for 72 hours from California to Florida and back. Oh, okay. um, had fewer for than a second,
1: years. I thought you meant you drove over.
0: <laughs> yes. Don't, no, no, def- don't drive. Yeah, from definitely don't drive
1: from California and only stay for a day. Um, we can definitively say that is not something that you should do. I used to be a believer in the longer trips. Uh, I definitely think, you know, with a longer trip, I agree with you. Don't book a seven day ticket. Make sure you book some off days where you can just relax, go to the pool or go to, oh my gosh, universal, uh, or, you know, Legoland or something like that. Um, but I think I'm leaning more towards, especially if it's your first time, maybe consider a shorter trip. Yeah. Weekends are bad, but if you can do like a three to four day, uh, midweek trip, that might not be a bad way to kind of dip your toe into the Disney pool just because there's just so much to do and it's so overwhelming. It's the kind of place where the learning curve is steep. And the second time you go back, um, you'll kind of know a lot more. Obviously, we're here on this podcast to help make your trip as easy as possible. But there's still only so much you can know before you go the first time. So because of that reason, you know, I lean more towards going for a shorter amount of time your first time, just so you can kind of get the lay of the land, um, but with the intention of planning to go back. If it's your kind of only trip that you're going to take in your lifetime, then yeah, take all the time you need because you do save money by going for longer, both in terms of your transportation costs, but also after you get past four days, like each successive day after that on a ticket is only like $20. So um, that'd be my thought.
0: We'll have to agree to disagree. Uh, I'll go for the week and you can go for the long weekend.
1: Yeah, maybe maybe I'm biased because uh, I'm just a two and a half hour flight away, not a 72 hour drive like you. All right, so uh, that is going to wrap it up in terms of uh, when's the best time to visit Disney World and how long to go for. Uh, If you have any thoughts, um, we would love to hear them. Subscribe, rate, review in iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or Spotify. Tell a friend if you're enjoying the podcast, and thanks so much for listening. Until next time. Thanks, Joe.